podcast for the working cowboy well howdy there daylight burners happy monday uh hope the weekend treated you well hope you had a happy easter uh we had a beautiful day here sunday saturday not so much i'll uh, tell you a little bit more about that on uh fence post politics had a really good chat with uh with mr boots o'neill uh, yesterday, uh, you can listen to that now on my Patreon feed. So got to go over there to sign up. Uh, but had a, I don't know, it was like 30, 45 minute chat with, uh, with boots and it was a good one. Uh, he cut me off cause he was, uh, had to, what was he? Oh, he was going to go watch a bronc riding on the cowboy channel. But anyways, uh, patreon.com slash burning daylight. If you want to check that out. Um, today we got Mr. Bernie Navarrete. He's out of, uh, West Texas somewhere. Um, <clears throat> I always forget. I've talked to him a couple times now, but, uh, I like what this guy had to say. Um, oh, he's, uh, he's in a bunch of the same Facebook groups that I am. And he's, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty opinionated and, uh, and posts some pretty funny shit. And, uh, I, I liked talking to him. So anyway, we he was on a bull session here a couple of weeks ago, and uh, had him back on, and it was a, this was a fun conversation. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it, uh, Mr. Bernie Navarrete. campfire or whatever it is you know what i mean you tell somebody what you heard from one old boy to another old boy and i think it was uh, i think it was you who said that uh it's, that's kind of how the the ways of you know teaching the cowboy way was passed down through word mm-hmm. of mouth you know what i mean yeah, yeah and I, but uh i think it also goes a lot 
to um like the the cowboy had a lot more in common with the Indian uh than you know the rest of white men had had in common you know like the the cowboys and the Indians if as long as the Indians weren't stealing the cattle or the horses like they got along pretty damn good uh but but there was that that same type of spirit they're kind of nomads kind of gypsies uh or, or you know kind of Indian you know like a uh, lot of lot of you know like um Charlie Russell and and Teddy Abbott uh you know Teddy Blue uh, they, they've all talked about, you know, uh, feeling a lot of kinship. They, like, they weren't afraid to kill an Indian, but they, they felt far more in common with, with the Indian lifestyle than they did kind of civilized life. And, uh, but that, in the same way, the Indians didn't have a, a written language for a long, long time. So everything they, they knew got passed down through stories. Yeah. No, that's I mean something else. But yeah, I guess funny you're mentioning the minions and all that stuff. I had mentioned that I had just started watching that in 1883, man. Something else too. Yeah, was, I you tend you tend to forget how people used to live back in the day or how the pioneers did. I remember playing Oregon Trail as a kid on a computer, but I was just you know just I was thinking, man, you know the skills that the skills well like the skills that Indians have and the skills that cowboys have. It's you know what I mean? It's something that can go a long way. You know, that's how it started to, that's how it started, you know, how people started living and stuff pretty much. Oh yeah. I, I'd like to, well, and, and that's kind of what, like, I really like talking to Boots because he's seen kind of the old way of, like, you know, he was on the, tr- the tail end of the old, <clears throat> the really old way of doing stuff when he started cowboying. So he's kind of seen just about everything, uh, but even then, he still didn't get to didn't get to see the the spots where you're just out there like, hey, this is my land now. And but also that meant you had to you had to defend it too. So like you, you could run cows out there as long as as long as you could uh, you could keep them, you know. And uh, but I, I wonder. Like you take some of those, say somebody like Charlie Goodnight or Richard King or or the guys that worked for him, and uh, and sit them down with uh, the cowpunchers and buckaroos uh, of today, and hear hear some of those stories. I mean, because like there there's, I I don't know who would get a word in edgewise just because they're they would be so amazed with the shit that we could do with our our technology. Like I mean, just a pickup and trailer. Like the fact that we have a pickup and trailer and we can go haul a hundred miles if we have to. Uh, and then also us just like, holy shit. How did you guys even live? Like, how did you survive? And it's funny you mentioned that because, uh, um, I know some hands down there in Pearsall, Texas and pretty damn good hands. I mean, they've been cowboying for probably three, four generations and they've been hands for most of their lives. That's what they didn't own the cattle and, but, and top hands, but I would probably consider, you know, at least in my part of the country, they're, they're known thing about it is the guy's getting older now. He's talking about dark guns and you know, it's, you know, the, just the way things are way easier nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I guess dark, dark one down, pull up to my trailer, you know, tie it down, pull up to my trailer, get my horse loaded up. And that's a cat's job, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. wild how much uh, how much everything has has just changed over the years, and uh, but like there's still there, there's still that 
like it, it takes a certain it took a certain per, type of person back then you know because like even even back then people would have rather live lived in the city than uh than go out and uh i mean because you know like we, we we go out and you know like I, I go ride pins but like your typical cowboy job you'll go out prowl pastures and and whatnot and and it's pretty rugged pretty rough but it ain't the frontier <laughs> i mean it's, it ain't it ain't the frontier it's well, uh that's, that's, but it, like it's so yeah go ahead sorry i said it's the rugged and rough plus the frontier <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it. exactly and uh yeah so it, it's 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 kind of crazy i mean we do have a obviously we got a way way better and there there's uh there's a lot of times that you think it'd be way cool to go back uh, and do something like that but then also you 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 read uh you read some of these books or you watch a show like 1883 i i you know a lot of people didn't like it um because of language or what what the fuck ever because we're we're cattle people and we'll bitch about anything anywhere at any time just to be contrary and and also like we don't i don't know whatever what for whatever reasons a lot of people don't don't like that 1883 i like the shit out of it i i I really enjoyed watching. I thought they did a good job with the storytelling. Um, and, and I thought they did a pretty good job as far as historical accuracy. Are they as good a riders and, and cowboys as, uh, as we are probably not, but guess what? Those old, those old folks back then weren't either. That, that Tim McGraw's character was a fucking farmer. Like he, he rode a horse because he had to, but he wasn't a, he wasn't a cowboy, you know, like, like everybody rode, but there's still, there's people that can ride and there's people that can't, there's people that cowboy for a living that can't ride worth a fuck, you know? And, uh, but, uh, I just, uh, you, you see all that stuff and like where you just, you forget to boil your water one time and you shit yourself to death and there's nothing really you can do to stop it. You just got to hope you stop shitting at some point. And, um, so I'm also really fucking glad I live now because, <laughs> uh, cause we know things and, and, and we got shit that, that can uh, clear, clear sickness up and, and whatnot. But also like I, I'm, I do just miss that. Like as long as you're willing to fight for your life and what, what you got, like <clears throat> you, you were fucking free, man. Like you were free. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. That's, yeah, he didn't have big government. That's for sure. That's yeah. for damn sure. Well, or at least, sure at least working. not out in these areas. You you might have had it back oh. back east a little bit, but out here, not so much. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it'd be a while before you found out you had a guy with dementia in office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's funny as uh. I, and I, I need to ask Boots about this, but uh, he was saying, you know, he was out on the wagon one time in the fifties, and the, like some something passed through Congress, and he didn't find out for uh, about it till like a month later when he when he went back to headquarters, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's it, wild. It, it, is that something you heard, or or something like that you read? I heard of something like that a while. I can't remember. I don't know if I saw it in the movie, but something similar to that, they didn't know because it, you know, of course, you know, news didn't travel as fast. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it it's it's really wild. Well, he he told me, um, 
when oh, uh, I, I didn't hear that particular story, but he told me on, on another one, like he uh, when he was a kid, I mean, he was a kid when uh, Pearl Harbor got bombed and he uh, he said he, he remembers it very clearly because his parents were all sorts of upset that uh, Pearl Harbor had just been attacked. And but as far as he he knew, that was just another part of the ranch because he, he they were living on on Wagner's or the J.A. or something, you know, one of those big ranches in the panhandle. And uh, as far as he knew, that Pearl Harbor was just another part of the ranch. And uh, and what and so he had no idea where it was. And uh, and and it just, it, you know, it's kind of crazy. But but I, I I'd read that somewhere. Or maybe maybe somebody told me I can't remember, but I heard that story about Boots, uh, like not knowing uh, something that had you know passed through Congress uh, for like a month just because he there there was no radio out there 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 was no cell phones so uh, but I'll I'll ask him I'll call him on Sunday I'll ask him about that maybe yeah well, I I had heard well I mean I'm sure it happened plenty of times especially way before. Uh, I mean, especially way back before Pearl Harbor and stuff. I think mm-hmm. the one that I heard, like back in the old days, and ooh, somebody they forgot. I forgot what it was. I know I just recently, but this is a little bit long further than that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, well, there was. I mean, even after they they signed the the ceasefire or the you know when when Lee surrendered at Appomattox. Uh, there, there was still fighting out on the western edges for months afterwards because it just took that long to to get yeah. a message out there, and uh, and that was kind of you know they were they were on the cutting edge of technology back then. They had telegraph lines, you know. I see the I see the not to mention the guy boots. I mean, I like to have him. So I'm, I'm, I got I got to know of him all through. So like in the internet and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so, hold on, let me get this. Slide. Yeah, so he was talking about the cell phone and how the cell phone changed the game. You know, that's like, I mean, I can imagine for somebody who's been around that long, it for sure changed the game. Oh man, and like yeah. for good and bad, like probably. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Mostly bad, uh, because I, honestly, I, I think there's a. I mean, there's a ton of good. Like, how, how many guys didn't have to crawl back to headquarters with a broken leg because uh, they had a cell phone, you know? And uh, yep. there, there's, there's a lot of good that come out of. It. There's a lot of bad too. It's, it's more irritating than bad. Uh, you know, I mean, it's maybe sets a bad precedent, but I, overall, I don't think it's. Like it's not the biggest evil that has ever come up, uh, across the cowboy world. It's uh and uh, and also uh, some of those cool stories that uh, that always get told, you know, around, you know, when you're at the bar around the campfire at the Brandon or whatever. Uh, used to those are just stories, and let, sometimes you'd have a witness to back you up. But now you can you can capture that shit on your phone, and uh, and the regular people that don't do what we do get to see that shit too, and uh, and then it it kind of puts everything into perspective. Not only why we like doing this shit, but also like why um, we we don't consider what we do animal abuse when, when you like when you see just how big these these creatures are, and uh, when you you watch a guy get kicked across the face. 
uh, and, and he's out cold, you're like, man, it, it puts everything into perspective. Cause like we don't, we don't, uh, we don't rope and, and choke cattle because we don't like them. You know, it's like that, that's how you have to handle them. They're, they're, they're almost uh, domesticated, but they're still, you, you uh, even, uh, you know, your, your, you know, your basic, kind of basic bitch old whole uh old herford you get her pissed off enough she's gonna kick she's gonna she's gonna run your ass over whatever you know they're they're still they're still a wild animal at heart and that's that's just how you have to to control them when you're out outside or just unless unless you got to shoot in front of you like uh, there's you still have you still have to get them to the shoot too i mean it's uh and and you're dealing with a wild with a wild animal and I had a rope and steer go up my son yesterday, and like, you, he was the weakest one out of the earth. I said, God, I mean, just I, I thought he was on his deathbed. And he, anyway, I mean, like you said, it's just, a, just you just never know. But going back to recording, too, me and my buddy were talking about that for what it was, but he ended up talking about his man, you know, back in the day, we didn't have some cell phones. I mean, he's like, well, you know, what kind of phones did we have? I think we had like Nokia's and stuff. We thought we were cool when we had a Motorola Razor. They didn't have yeah. cameras on. Yeah, yeah and, and you, you and you couldn't even tell what was going on in the picture in the <laughs> taken from that razor. Like you had the picture, but like still, people didn't wouldn't believe you because you're like, oh, what am I looking at? <laughs> it just oh, the struggle, the struggle. Yeah. These young kids, I'm telling you, I know. It's uh, I, I see with GoPros. Oh man, the GoPro is is so cool. Like I need to start carrying it more often. It's uh, I, I kind of got away from it because it it takes you know it takes well, you know 4K quality video. So like that that takes up a lot of space on a computer when you, or your phone when you start trans transferring videos over and shit. But uh, it's still it's it's really cool is because I can just uh, I, like I always when I was carrying it all the time i just i wore like a chest harness it was weird and yeah. shit it looked like uh you know i'd take my shirt off when i got home in the summer it looked like i was wearing a sports bra because <laughs> the straps <laughs> uh but i you know i could wear that that on like a little chest harness and if if i, I thought something cool might happen i just reach up and tap record and you know and it was off but it, it'll turn on or i could you know it's voice activated too and uh and then you just, you just have that and more often than not there wasn't anything cool but uh, still if if something cool did happen i i could catch it right there and and i i've i've got i don't know how many videos of me just like throwing a loop and like god damn it fuck god damn it <laughs> and then, but every now and then you, you you catch something cool and it and uh yeah, and it's just as clear as day. It's just like you're you're right there watching it, and it's all from your point of view too. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's pretty wild. I, you know, with <laughs> with the economy the way it is anymore, I I, I quit saying that those things were pretty cheap because uh, everything mm-hmm. everything's expensive. But like back in the back in the good old Trump days when uh, when we had money to. to when we had money to burn and we didn't have to spend 150 bucks yeah. on a, on a tank of gas. Oh. Uh, oh, wow. 
uh yeah you could you could drop 300 bucks on a on a gopro pretty easy and you got like the some of the best technology on earth and and guess what like they expect you to kick the shit out of it because that's what it's made for you know like they they want you to beat it up and 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 uh and it's still just like amazing the what you can get get with those but it's uh yeah -hmm. it's wild but then you also got to be careful what you post out there, especially if you work for somebody because a uh, boss man might get mad. I had one of the, I had to pull down a video from TikTok the other day because my boss's boss somehow come across it and uh bastard didn't even follow me back. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's why you got to, sometimes you got to be careful. Like if you do work for outfits or whatever, you really can't put all the details of, you know, cause everybody knows people get by with doing certain things and you know what I mean? You- yeah. So that's, that's why, that's why the Patreon's for it's not, not only can I, can I hopefully someday make a little money out of this, but also like if, if you, if somebody wants it, wants <laughs> to hear, hear this shit that bad, you can, you can pay, uh, to, to listen to it and then yeah and and then it's just it's there it's behind a paywall and only the people that actually want to hear it uh can hear it and if your boss really wants to hear it well guess what he can pay five bucks <laughs> least, five bucks. i'll be five bucks uh richer when he fires my ass so whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah i kind of I, I used to i used to i used to full-time be a day hand but I just kind of, eh, like I said, you know, I'm a little bit different. You know, there's some, there's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here. I'm, I'm a good hand. I know there's plenty better, but the ones that get out there and grind every day, you know, I used to do when I was younger, they're, you know, they're, you know, they're pretty, there's some, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're cut, kind of a different, well, what would be the right thing? Cut, you know, different cloth, man. They cut yeah. from a different cloth there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh yeah, it's 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 a whole different deal when you're working for yourself too. Like when when you're just uh your full-time day hand that like that's that's a different cuz you got to run that shit like a business. I mean, that's like you, you can't your buddy can't uh can't be a buddy and uh, and only pay you for half a day because it only took half a day. No, no, I plan I plan my day ahead of time like and and when you're hiring me for the day, you're paying me for the day. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's, it's a whole different deal. Whereas like if you work on a big outfit, yeah, you're going to have to go, go, uh, ride out in the morning every, every morning, but also you got, you got to cook, you got housing and, uh, and it's, it's a different deal. You're just, uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about your pickup running. Like you, uh, all you got to do is roll out of the bunkhouse or your teepee and, and and go to cowboy and so is there's a there's a whole different it's just amazing to me how how different it is from from hand to hand to hand you know there's just uh some some guys will braid braid a rawhide or uh do leather work or, or braid a horse hair uh on the side some guys will ride colts some guys will do both uh some you know some guys will ride a poem and and it just they they everybody's got their own something different. Yeah. 
Well, and yeah, I mean, that's it. Yeah. You know, what's funny. It's like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never, the closest to, a, like, I've never had a feedlot, like a feedlot riding job. Mm-hmm. The closest thing I've ever had that was, I worked with this one outfit, but they also ran lease country, excuse me. And, uh, but it was just like registered cows and not, you know, obviously I worked, I'd worked the cows and I was the only cowboy in that, that deal, you know, so, you know, I'd, doctor whatever had to be doctored anything that was on the ground you know get a tag whatever you know every once in a while like ride the fence line run a feed truck and then uh i fixed a little bit of fence line as a young kid but i've never but like you know yeah i kind of as a young kid i did a lot of fence line before i started doing a lot of like that's how i kind of started and then I guess. Well, I guess. It, I guess if you want me to tell you how this how this happened, if you want to hear this horror story, I guess I can tell you how it happened. All right. But uh, I call it a horror story because it does obviously you know there's a lot. Well, there was a lot of work involved, but I started I started really doing the cowboy thing when I was like probably like 17 years old. I'm 39 now. Um, I just wanted to be a team roper, dude. You know what I mean? That's all mm. I wanted to be. Yeah, and then so then I had kids and. Ended up, you know, through this guy that had been, you know, took me under his wing, just teaching me how to do a lot of things. And and that's how I got it. But having the kids put me into the working position, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and he and so, you know, we did a lot of small little catch jobs, did a lot of, uh, we used to run a whole bunch of rope and steers of rope bins and haul cattle here and there. And um, then I ended up getting that job. Like I told you, the closest thing I could say to like a feedlot, because I mean, I know every every operation is different, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you know that was about the closest thing that I ever got to like being. I'd, I'd feed cattle, move hay, you know, all hay and all that other stuff. You know, wasn't on horseback every day, but I was on horseback quite a bit. You know, maybe like three, three out of three out of the, two out of the. Two out of the four day, two out of the six days, you know, I was on horseback. Then, mm. uh, yeah, but then a buddy of mine picked up this one guy who got into the cattle business, kind of like the. You can hear me, right? Oh yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gets he gets in. He meets this one guy that gets into the cattle business, and shit, man, that's where it got. Yeah, wild, man, for for good. Yeah. Shit, let me see him. Say, 17 said so be like 22 years of cowboying but like you know maybe like the past 15 were per, like past 12 because i've kind of been out of the game i've been part-time in it for about three years you know yeah. but it got pretty rowdy man i mean it was it was, it was something different for sure i it more it definitely burned me out that's for sure burned me out big times yeah, yeah it's and then what's that? I would say it's it's wild. Uh like yeah, when when you're doing doing stuff, well and I it kinda comes with any uh any part of the, the you know the, the cowboy world. Like so like I I spent most of my you know growing up, I like from ten till I graduated high school, all my cowboy work was done down in uh in southeast Colorado, um, <clears throat> down in that canyon country, uh, you know, kind of, oh, from like 
Pritchett, Colorado, all the way, you know, down into Oklahoma and New Mexico and, and just just that like three three corners area of, uh, of the country. And, <clears throat> you know, some some pretty big open country, pretty, pretty rugged country. And then I went up, went up to college. I went up to Montana uh, right out of college and worked on a big ranch out there. I mean, it was, as, as far as Nevada goes, it's not that big, it was, but it's still pretty damn, uh, it was over a hundred thousand acres and, and, you know, 3,500 head of mama cows and um, it's, it's, it's pretty big outfit. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a cowboy cowboy outfit. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was more of a ranch hand, uh, outfit. Like you, yeah. it was, it was mostly cowboy work, but you, you did some fencing, you did some irrigating. I mean, it, it was ranch, ranch hand work. <clears throat> and then I went into the feedlot and the first feedlot I went to, and I knew I'd been on the step foot in a feedlot a couple times, like through FFA and whatnot, but I never really worked at a feedlot. I'd been, I'd worked at a, a sale barn a time or two. Um, but most of my, my experience cowboying was out on, in pretty big country. And then I went to the biggest feedlot in Kansas is 100, 120,000 head <clears throat> straight up corporate outfit. And, uh, you know, I learned so much in that year and a half. I, I counted, I, I, cause I'm a kind of a math, uh, I wouldn't say like a math nerd, but like I'm a numbers kind of nerd sometimes. And, uh, like I, I, uh, I, I did a, I figured out what, like what our average, um, amount of cattle received every day was and like i was i think i was nine months in on this job and i had uh i had counted over a million head of cattle um not 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 a million individuals but like from receiving them and and shipping them uh taking them from processing whatever and i just did from you know receiving uh shipping and then like uh counting them out of out of the processing pins because we did a, you know we sorted like seven ways or something like that and it was it was over a million head of cattle that i i figured i'd i'd counted in a nine month period i mean it was it was insane just the the volume and uh, and you see shit from all over you see some of the nicest northern cattle to some of the, you know, some rangy brush popper cattle to the, the straight up Florida swamp rats. I mean, it, it, it's, and then, and then everything in between, you know, like the, the Ozark cattle, uh, are just like the Ozark people. They're inbred as shit. <laughs> and, uh, and they, uh, but then, then I, I started uh, from there. I, I've, I've worked at, no, well, now this is my second other yard since there. And, uh, and it's funny, like I went from corporate, which is, uh, I, I can, I understand a lot like what, what Boots has, has done his whole life because he's always worked for big outfits and on those big outfits, you got one job and one job only. Like if you, you hire on a cowboy, you are, you're, you're a cowboy. Like you're not hired on to, to, to be the feed guy. You're not hired on to be the fence guy. I'm like, you're, you're probably expected to fix a little fence if you, you come across it when you're riding. Uh, but you're not a you're not on the fencing crew you like you you're on the cowboy crew and that's that's how it was at those big yards like outside of like the manager trainees um nobody really crossed departments like you had you had your shipping and receiving you had your processing you had you had your cowboy crew you had your doctor crew you had your feed crew you had your tank washing crew you know just 
and that's that's what you did like they they always you know preach like you're you're expected to go above and beyond but yeah that 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 very rarely happened yeah you know you just you did you did what you were paid to do and that was it and then as you move to the smaller type yards it's kind of like moving in from a from a big outfit to more of a mom and pop uh type deal you're expected to do more like uh probably and the bad thing is they're not as big of an outfit so they probably don't even pay as well but they give you a lot more freedom too. And uh, like, you don't have as many rules. You don't, uh, but you're expected to do more. And it's, I don't know. And the feedlot business, same way. Like the, the smaller you get, the more, the more you're expected to do, but also probably uh, they treat you a little bit better too. Like they, they are, they, they, at least they appreciate you a little bit more. Well, you see, and that's the thing though. That's like, I, uh, my my uh, my family have a like a they had a, like a little business, so I picked up the trade. So I mean, it was it was that was never really worth it for me. I mean, I'd rather you know I could probably stay and do that and uh, not fix fancy. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. You know some shit like that, or you know, but now and then that's when now I just pretty much stick to just catch jobs around here, you know, stuff like that. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd I love to hear the stories about that shit. Cause you know, like I said, I've, you know, I've, I've been to maybe a few feedlots that we've rented, rented their pins from, you know, they'll halt, you know, mm-hmm. so we can work cattle down there for a few days, but I've never been actually a part of a feedlot operation or, a well, did you say that other, the, like a corporate type deal? Yeah. It's been, yeah, we've pretty much gotten by with very little. I mean, I've, some of the, I mean, and I, and I know you, I'm sure you, I'm sure you've gone go pin some cows and done a few cats jobs. And you know what kind of pins you're, you know, you're looking for, you're looking at, looking forward to with the mom and pop operation. Oh yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't have the money to put in steel fence a lot of times. And, uh, and the gates never swing right. Uh, and if they swing at all, like if, if you can open them a horseback, that's, like you're you're way ahead, you know. Like if if you can if you can open a horse or your your gate without having to step down and drag it, like that's that's a good that's a good day. Yeah. Yes. Hey, you, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. We. Uh, so I and I've had a, a like a freakishly unique feedlot career because I, I went from I went from. Uh, you know, this, this big outfit up in Montana on the, on the highland living, you know, living my best Monty Walsh life, uh, just, you know, living in a bunkhouse, uh, <laughs> during a Montana winter, you know, that's, uh, that, that's something, uh, I wouldn't recommend. Like, I, I think, uh, if, if you, if you survive one of those, it definitely makes you tougher and, uh, kind of thickens your blood a little bit so you can handle the cold a, a little, a little easier. I still don't like the cold, but I, you know, I can handle it because I've, I've been through, like, I just, I know nothing, wherever, where I'm living now or back home, there's nothing a winner can throw at me, uh, in, in this part of the world that Montana can't just like laugh and be like, all right, hold, hold my beer. <laughs> well, let's, let's see what I can do. You know, like Montana's a different beast. Um, yeah. and then, yeah, I went I went into to this big big corporate outfit 
And uh, like just just for the like to give you an idea for the sheer volume of cattle that we'd get. Um, so you know the you you probably heard about the Flint Hills run, like uh, the Flint Hills of Kansas stocks. Um, I don't know how many how many uh, feeder or stalker cattle in the in the summer, but that tall grass prairie can support a ton of cattle. So they 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 pack them in real heavy during the summer, and then the um, from the end of July to uh, like the first part of September is the Flint Hills run, and and that's when everybody starts shipping off a uh, off of that tall grass and. <laughs> like we had one contract <clears throat> there at uh at uh at Five Rivers uh from uh, it used to be called or before I got there it was called Panther City Cattle Company and they owned a bunch of ranches there in in the Flint Hills um I forget what they it is like El El Coyote Ranch or something like that but that that one contract was for thirty thousand head. <laughs> 30,000 head of cattle coming off the Flint Hills. And, and it was all within a month, you know? Uh, so, so averaging a thousand head a day that you're receiving just off of this one contract, plus all the other Flint Hills contracts that came in. And, um, we typically didn't work Sundays when I, when I started, there it was on the processing ship and receiving crew. And, uh, the, the cowboy crew would typically unload cattle on, on Sundays for us. And so we'd, uh, so we typically didn't work Sundays, but Flint Hills, like you, you'd probably get called in. And I, I unloaded and weighed, unloaded, weighed and pinned 42 loads of cows, uh, of cattle, uh, in a, like a three hour period. I mean, it was, it was fucking insane. The, those trucks, you know, they'd, they'd start rolling in about noon and it was just solid line of trucks coming up that, that driveway uh, till about four o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, it was just nonstop. And then from there I went to, uh, you know, it was, it was also a corporate yard cactus feeders, but it was a, it was a lot smaller. It was like 30, about 35,000 head that we ran there. And then like a year and a half into that, they came in and fired 30 people or laid off 30 people and we shut down our, our finished feeding operation and we started running uh cow calf operation in the feedlot. And, uh, <clears throat> I spent, a well, I guess like three or four years, I was there almost six years. And, and I think four of those years was when we were doing cow calf and, we started with like 650 head of mama cows. And at one point we had 7,000 all in the feedlot. And, uh, we had, uh, three different calf crops. We had like your traditional, um, January Kevin heifers, uh, there towards the end. Uh, and then we had a, we had a spring, spring crop and a, and a fall crop. And if you weren't Kevin heifer or Kevin, uh, Kevin out, you were, you were processing or you were weaning and breeding. And it was, I mean, it was just nonstop, nonstop. And, uh, and then from that, from there, I, I'm at, went to for where I'm at now. And it's a, it's a background in yarn. We have some, some really busy times of the year, but we have some really, really slow times of the year. And it's more, more of a ranch type at, atmosphere than, than a, like a, you know, your, your traditional feedlot type. So uh, I've seen, 
I've been fortunate enough to see quite a little bit. And, um, I don't know. There's, uh, there, there's a lot of times where I'd rather be out prowling big country, but also that prowling big country doesn't pay as well as a feedlot. So yeah, what are you going to do? I got wife and kids now. So uh, that, that, the, like the big outfit cowboy is probably, probably over for, for me. I'll get to go day help or something here and there. And that, that's kind of, that's kind of like my, my true cowboy and gig is just getting, to, getting to day work here and there. So well, let me ask you a question. I mean, what kind of cows do they run up there? You know, do, do they ever run like Bramer types and, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when you get into <throat> Eastern and, and Southern Nevada, uh, when, when it's, um, when it's more of your like your sure enough desert type because we're, we're most of nevada is a desert i mean it but it's uh but it also has more mountain ranges than than any other state in the country and uh but like you get into to eastern nevada and southern nevada especially southern nevada when it gets where it gets real hot uh yeah they run they run a lot of rangy bramer types and uh <clears throat> but I mean, you know how 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 the market is now. Everybody, everybody's got black cattle. I mean, even even your, you know, even your Bramer types, they still they still want them black because they they're just they're going to sell better. That's just how the market is, and um, and yeah, then you get up into your your high country here, and and you get your more of your 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 typical northern type cattle, uh, Angus and. Angus, Black Baldies, and, uh, you know, you get a few Charlotte and Hereford. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, you, you get some, some eared cattle um, in the southern and, and eastern part of the state. But uh, here where I'm at, it's, it's mostly, mostly English and, and continental types. Yeah, that uh, I was always I was curious. I said, "Man, God, I mean, I know how crazy they can be sometimes. I'm just wondering what they'd be like out there on some mountains." You know, I think I, they'd be much fun. I I don't know uh, those. You know, those Bramer type. You know, I've always noticed like the straight Bramers. They'll move. Like they have you have no problem getting them to move, but they're not all that waspy for the most part. They're they're pretty pretty docile but you you cross them with uh in particular if you get like the continental types like if you cross them with a with a charlet or a limousine or, or some of those like man there something mm. goes crazy in their brain and they get kind of fucking mean you're 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 spot on on that because i mean we've made that observation too i mean that's what we work a whole bunch of brahmas or with the or but most importantly we do mess with a lot with like the tiger stripe with your F Bradford's you know mm -hmm. Bradford's and it's funny you say that I mean you'll have more trouble with the tiger stripe than than you will with the full bred you know full breed Bramley you know hell yeah yeah it, it's crazy because like if you take a Hereford and a Bramer like they're they're honestly two of the most docile breeds on earth. Like, yeah, you can't hardly get a, a Hereford to move and, and you can't stop a, a Bramer from moving, but they're, they're typically not going to try to run your ass over either one of them. But then you cross mm -hmm. them and my God, that is one of the meanest animals on earth. Like they, they will, they yeah. will straight up come hunting you. And, uh, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's a good thing they don't have teeth, you know. It's a really good thing that cattle don't have teeth because, man, if they did, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it, it, that's, you know, that's kind of, that's what we were, that's what, that's what's been moving hot by where we're at. I mean, F1 Tiger Stripe has been selling hot. That's the business that this one particular outfit I've been working with for quite a while. They're into the replacement heifer, mm. the Tiger Stripe replacement. After so I mean you know they're young they're 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 honoring they're they're after it man and athletic athletic as shit oh. I mean how, how many Brayfords do you see in the you know at the the PBR finals man like that the, the those suckers can can get it you know the, the Herford's always been known as being just a, a tough just a dirty tough mama like not 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 particularly aggressive but but tougher than hell and then the the brain has just been known to just be like just long and lean and fast and jumps high i mean yeah and then you you cross those two together and you get dirty tough and can jump high and then also meaner than hell <laughs> like just really? it's wild how yeah. you can you can take those two and and uh you know, have a a pre- pretty pretty gentle set of cattle, and and you cross them, and oh man, hold on. I'm pretty sure there's a there's probably a, a, who's ever gonna watch this part and heard this part is probably agree. They're probably yep, it's true, yes. man. I've I've know I've been around long enough to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was well, I was gonna, you know, it, it blows my mind like. Yeah, you know, because like I said, all, all I've ever worked is down here in South Texas, you know, but I've seen, you know, like different countries, different cattle, different breeds, everything's a little bit different, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, y'all obviously run a lot more country than we do, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, it's, it's just something else, you know. Yeah, it, it it's yep. wild. I, uh... <clears throat> I, I just kind of, I always try to think back to like those, uh, like the cowboys that came over with the conquistadors, you know, like they, uh, <laughs> they, they bring the cows over and I can't imagine what the, those cattle had to look like coming off a ship, uh, back in the Whoa. 1400s. Holy shit, man. 1500s. Like uh, how they kept those things alive. Cause that, I mean, that was like a two month, uh, process getting across there and like, you mad? I mean, it's hard enough trying, you know, like say, even, you know, even on, on grass, you get a, say you get a set of high risk, risk calves out of the Southeast and, uh, and you're running them on wheat pasture or just, uh, or grass down, down there. Like it's hard enough keeping them alive for 30 days when they have everything they need. Like can you imagine keeping them alive for 60 days on a fucking wooden boat? Shit. And it yeah. probably wasn't as big think it is that wooden boat shit no no not at all and, and then and then starting these ranches out here yeah yeah it's wild they'd have that haul to be calves or something like that yeah that's calves you had to have i'd think i mean yeah but then it's you, you still have to have a milk cow too and uh yeah I, it just it's insane like yeah, you're when you're when you're bringing cattle over, like I, I had, a, I'd imagine the the crew didn't eat a whole lot because most of your most of your space on your ship is going to be taken up with feed for your cattle. 
And uh, yeah, that, that had been tough. And then you turn him out in a in a brand new world that nobody knows anything about. And uh, and oh, by the way, there's people here that already live here. And um, yeah, they're going to try to kill you as well. And uh, so, yeah, good luck. Good luck. Hey, Matt, let me ask you something like, I mean, what I, I'm like, I guess you can send about as green as they come. Like I said, I've, my world is pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, like, like, and I've been seeing it, the people have been talking about it on TikTok, like the, the buckaroo stuff and this and that. Do you use do you use like the spade type bits? <laughs> I um, I've rode one just like not very much. Like uh, I, I tried one out for a couple days on on a mare that I have, uh, but I know a lot of guys that use use them now. Like I I used to, I and it's still like when you when you hold a, a sure enough bridle bit in your hand. I mean that's that's a pretty serious piece of metal. I mean it's it's pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, and so it can be real, real severe, but you also like, if you, if you watch these, like sure enough spade bit guys, uh, you know, how, how they operate, it takes a long time to, to get a, a horse in the bridle and, uh, and you watch them when like a sure enough, like accomplished good horseman, uh, that rides a spade bit and you watch their hands and it is, I mean, they they don't pull. I mean, it's just, you lift and that's it. I mean, cause, because that, uh, that bit is engineered to where it's just, it's all, it's all signal. Like there, there's no, there's a lot of leverage to the bit, but you're not using the leverage. If you're using it correctly, you're just using the signal. So like, and that, that's why they, they use the Rommel reins and they like like the natural fibers, whether it be rawhide or, or horse hair or whatever, just, and then there, there it's, that's a, that's a real thing. Like I, I'm still, I want to get a, a set of, um, eight foot split reins made out of, uh, main hair, my main horse hair, just because there's, there's a different type of life into the, in, in with horse hair, you know, like, leather leather feels good um you know especially if like you got like the you know like braided rope rein um you know like you use an old old lariat to to braid a braid a set of reins you know like that it doesn't feel as good as leather and leather doesn't feel as good as horse hair and uh and I've, i've never rode those romels so much but like uh that I guess it's the same way. It just like when, when you get a really good set of braided Romels, it's, uh, you know, it just kind of like, there, there's just more life to the rain. So like they, they feel better, they react better. And, uh, <clears throat> so like that, that's one thing the buckaroos are really big on is like that natural fiber, uh, type stuff and like more traditional. Uh, and so they're, they're, even though they're they're packing this huge piece of metal around on their horse's mouth, they're very very light, uh, but they're also very very well. They're they're very in tune with their horse too. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I I, I mean, it's funny. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm Mexican, but I understand that like that supposedly it's supposed to be kind of like kind of based off the vaquero type mm-hmm. deal. Yeah, very much and, so. I mean, 
<clears throat> they use it. They use all those reins, and it's funny. Like I'm surrounded by, you know, they call them chattels around here where, where, where I'm mm. around or back it. And they, they, I mean, they do that. They have those kind of big bits, and they have the reins, you know, like the Romano reins, and they do ride a little bit different. Now that you mentioned it, you know, what I mean, they do ride a little bit different. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, and buck, buckaroo is just the, the white version of vaquero. So, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. they, uh, it, yeah. So it's, uh, it's very much, it's, it's a bunch of white boys, uh, playing Spaniard basically. Uh, <laughs> it's a bunch of white boys trying to be Mexican is, uh, is, is yeah. kind of what the buckaroo deal is. And, uh, but there's, but there's also, like it's and it's the same way with punchers you know like you know they everybody respects the tradition except they just have a they have a different tradition than than the the folks where we grew up and Texas in particular and then like and up and towards uh to where I grew up in the in the Great Plains area like you didn't place a whole lot of value on on a silver bit like you wanted a good bit you wanted one that felt that felt good in your horse you, you wanted but like you weren't hanging a bunch of silver on your head stall and your saddle. Like you might have a, a buckle, like a nice buckle, uh, but your saddle is going to be rough out and it's going to be pretty, pretty plain Jane. And uh, like, it, it's more like utility based where the, you know, the more you get into the, the buckaroo, the vaquero style, you, uh, the more, and and they they're not even shy about it. It's like there's no purpose to it except that it looks cool. Like there all that silver and whatnot. That like and they'll tell you it's just because it looks cool. And um and I just like the 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 hands that I grew up around they didn't value that part. I mean like they 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 maybe had one uh good set of spurs. Uh, but if they had to go work, it was just like whatever, you know, just an old set of spurs and, you know, a little grazer bit. That was, that's what we used. And, um, you know, or like, uh, Boots was always talking about, uh, you know, most of his head stalls were made out of old Latigo because, uh, you, you just didn't, you didn't let the Latigo go to waste. So you just cut it down and make a couple head stalls out of it. And, and, and that's why like the, the puncher style is known for like those big honking, you know, head stalls that cover half of your horse's head, but that's because they, they just re, were reusing a latigo. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, me, I, like I said, I, I, I you know, I, I've got, I've caught a few, you know, I've caught a few, but I will say that I, I kind of don't do much of the trends. You know, I do whatever is comfortable for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Half the times. You know, you'll see a lot of guys. I, I I wear tennis shoes when I go. You know, even when I work out in the brush, you know, I'm going to be. I guess you know you can't ever be too ready in case you fall off the horse and you got to put a little uh, bullfighting moves or something. You still got you got ten runners on, but <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm pretty simple when it comes to stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Well, at that, um, I, I worked with a. Well, I still work with a lot of Mexican guys. I don't. I don't. We don't have any any Mexican guys on the cowboy crew anymore, but I, I I used to used to have a ton of them on uh on the cowboy crew back uh back home, and then uh but there's a lot there's a lot of Indian guys out here, and that's the same way. Like you never know what what you were gonna see. Like if you hired a Mexican guy, like he had no idea what his uh what his outfit was gonna look like. You didn't know what he was gonna 
what he was going to pull uh, pull into the yard uh, with his horses. He didn't know what his horses were going to look like. And, uh, you know, he might have an old barrel racing saddle with uh, rubber stacked on the horn. You never know. <laughs> like, it just... <laughs> and and was, some of these like that. <laughs> well yeah but you know just like they 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 don't care like they're 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 getting paid to do a job <clears throat> and if it works it works and and a lot of the indian guys are like that too you know they're wearing, wearing tennis shoes and uh and like a you know a basketball jersey or something and and can ro- out rope everybody in the bunch you know <laughs> it's uh those, yeah. it's uh it's just wild yeah. how how uh how different it is it's, well, it's funny. Well, one of my biggest things is I wear size 13 uh, triple E, so it's hard for me to find a boot that's comfortable. Oh, yeah. But, you got a big-ass foot. Not, now, that, now that you mentioned it, one of the first persons that I ever saw was uh, wearing tennis shoes and, and rope was a white boy. It was pretty cool. Crazy-ass white boy. Broke the <laughs> bitch, too, though. Oh, yeah. Hey, he had tennis shoes. I said, it's hillbilly some bitch right here, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the way it is. Well, yeah. you, you know what's funny is, I mean, nowadays, these a lot of these uh, these, these little day laborers, they, they're into hip-hop music and wear these little flat-lid caps. And it's a oh, little yeah. bit different now. It, it really is. Hey, I got to take a leak real quick. We'll pause and I'll be right back. And for Um, but so you said you're 39, so you're, you're just a couple, couple years older than me. Um, you see what, you see what, uh, I thought you were, I thought you were older than me. I guess cowboy is a rough life. <laughs> I, I see, I started, uh, I started going gray when I was 17. So I, uh, I've, I've got a, well, what I'm 30, I guess 30, I'll be 37 this year. So I got 20 years worth of gray hair built up. Uh, I, uh, <coughs> I just look, I, it's funny when I went to college, I, you know, everybody thought I was like the, the middle-aged guy going through a midlife crisis coming back to college. And <laughs> I'm, I'm swear I'm 18. I think, I think it's probably the, the beard and the mustache, but I used to, I used to have a mustache in high school, but, I, but then now that I'm older, I'm like, fuck that. I'm trying to look young as young as I possibly can. <laughs> yeah. I see. Uh, I, I, I don't shave, uh, shave my face very often because it, it, it makes me feel like I've got a real fat face and I, I got, I got pretty chunky in college. So I'm a little self-conscious about how my face, uh, when, when it gets all round and, so I, even though I can't grow, like I grow a pretty good, good goatee and mustache, but like the rest of the the facial hair doesn't come in very well, and I still don't shave it. Just like I got, I just I don't I don't want to look like I got a big old fat face. And yeah, I was saying, but sometimes them chunky guys can rope, man. You got to do that yeah. shit. I uh, <laughs> I I can rope enough to get something done. I I, I won't ever call myself a roper. Like I. I can get a job done, and it may it may take me several loops to do it, but I'll uh, I'll figure out a way to to get them, and I'll, I'll or I'll run them down until they they stop, and then I can put my loop on their head, and then 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 we're good. So, do you do a? That's funny. You were you know talking about loops. I was, you know, you know once again TikTok. You know, TikTok's controversial, man. I know, controversial. 
as last year's election or, or but uh, 2020's election, 2022, what is it, 2020's election? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, they're, they're, you know, big loops, like, I get the whole big loop thing, and I get that, but, like, I'm just, I mean, so I, so, so in some cases, it's badass. I've been, like, I've been noticing, like, it's not, I was just saying, it, it works in certain places, in certain places it doesn't, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I have seen that big loop work when they, when they rope, the, I forgot what kind of catch it is, but you catch the two front legs and the, yeah, obviously and figure eight. So like you, you neck them and then, and you typically have one of those braided rawhide Hondas on, uh, with it. So your the tip of your, your loop is way heavier. So when you, when you rope them around the neck that, uh, that Honda will hit and then, then the loop will, will, will flip over a turnover and then, yeah, they step through it like that. I've never been able to do that on purpose. Yeah, I like I've had yeah, it happen yeah. one time, but like it, I don't know how I did it. Yeah, hey, hey, it is what it is, you know. Yeah, but uh, what is it? So, so what? I mean, there's, but as far as I mean, obviously, I know you know how to throw a loop. I mean, you're you're in the business, so you do, you do like what do you are you like a like a sixty foot type rope guy or yeah or see, do you I, like- I started out um just carrying a regular head rope uh you know just you know i i always always like this the softer rope so I, i'd usually carry a, a extra soft or a double x uh soft and um and then i i you know i i learned uh i, I guess i learned dallying but i i started tying hard and um uh, I've told this story many times, so the regular regular listeners might might get tired of hearing it. But fuck off, you can you can hear it again. Um, I was when I was in the feedlot there at Syracuse, Kansas, doing that cow calf deal. We were we were tagging calves, and and my brother in law was working for me at the time, and <clears throat> he he roped this big calf. I mean, he was probably he was pushing. 300 pounds, you know, pretty big sucker and lively. And it was a long fucking day, uh, hot. And he's, you know, he's like, Hey, can you come heal this thing? Yeah, no problem. And we, and I was tied on. And so I went in and, uh, I picked, and I'd never healed tied on before. So like I, I went in scoop two and went to the horn and I, like, I, you know, I had that horn, horn knot on there. So like, I just, I, I was going, going like I was just regular dally. And the next thing I know, like my coils got real hot and tight on, on my offhand. And I was like, yeah, if I'm going to, if I'm going to have a, my offhand get banged up from roping, I got, I'm not tying on anymore. So I, I haven't, I, I haven't tied on hard since then, but, um, and then I moved out to Nevada and, and a lot of these ranch rodeos out here, since it's, it's, it's more buckaroo country. Um, they're, they're pretty strict on the rules. And, and so a lot of them won't allow rubber on the horn. Like you, you gotta, you gotta have mule hide or latigo, you know, slick or some sort of slick horn, uh, for a lot of these rodeos out here. So I was like, well, I guess I better figure out how to, how to dally on a slick horn. And then, then I got to playing around with it. And like in the, in the winter, in the summer and the winter when we're when we're real slow like we have pretty much nothing but holstein heifers and uh and that's the best 
roping practice ever. And so I got to where I was playing around a little bit, just like just letting rope slide and and uh, and figuring out how to how to use that all that that extra rope. So I, I carry sixty foot and I and I uh, dally on a slick horn, but I I ride a like a it's it's more of a, like an Arizona type. It's a low moose tree. You know, I like swells. I never I, I rode a wade for a little bit, and I like them. They're comfortable, but. Like if something busts into, I I want some swells in front of me. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, that, that's one thing about handling bigger ropes. I mean, I'm not. We don't use them very often around here. Well, I don't use them. At least I don't. And my other buddy who I've been running with for we, you know, and I can't think of anybody that I've worked with who's ever had one. I mean, I think the longest one that I have like a 40 foot rope. Yeah. Rope. But, I mean, but yeah, I imagine letting all them damn coals run with a be a son of a goodness. It's, um, as far as tied on. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. As far as tied on or, 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 or you know, the, or, or doubt yet, they, there's just pros and cons. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like I can handle, I can handle a cow a hell of a lot better um, the alley versus you know being forced to be tied on, I can you know get closer a lot easier, whatever it takes, you know. Yeah. But when I'm doctoring, when I'm doctoring something, you know, be tied on, you know. That's funny. That's a lot of things too. It's just like down here, a lot of guys. What they do is, well, I've seen a lot of guys doing a lot of dumb shit, but I have seen some guys like you know, for example, tie down a cow. You know, and drive the trailer about two, three hundred yards or, or whatever, uh, whatever. You know, maybe no more than five hundred yards or whatever. Uh, I've also seen guys try to drag a cow somewhere, and that's usually not good when you know you got it roped around the neck. But, no, no, know. that usually doesn't work very well. You can drag them a little well, ways, but yeah. So that's what, like me, when I'm like, if I'm dallied, if I roll something, I can most times I can kind of maneuver that cow damn near all the way up to the trailer without having to tie her down. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you've seen them, them cowboys down there kind of towards your way. They, you know, they, they pony, uh, they pony cattle off the mountain. So, so like I said, they have this pros and cons, dally or tied on. It's Yeah. I, I, it's, most of it has to do with uh, where you're at and what, what kind of terrain you got because, if you're if you're in real brushy country, especially I mean like you get in that mesquite country of Texas, like yeah, you you might have a clearing where you get two swings and, and you throw and and if you don't if you don't catch her that that bitch is gone. And also the yeah. one once you catch her, like you're in the brush, so if you're trying to if you're trying to dally and 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 hold your rope and your reins and everything while you're crashing through that brush, I mean, it probably ain't going to work very well. So you, you know, you, you catch her around the neck, you pitch your slack and then you just bail in the, in the mesquite after, but you don't have to worry about your rope anymore. Cause it's, it's connected. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I tell you about that. I tell you the last time we had that, that bull, that bullshitting uh, session about my buddy shit tied out with a big old bull took him tied his mare off of a off guard and pulled him to the side into the brush he was tied on hard man thank god one of one of the other the other cow hands jumped off and cut it i mean 
cut the rope, barely even touched it. So much tension on that yeah. thing just popped. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. The pro bronze. Yeah. When you, you talk to some of these guys out here in, uh, in, uh, you know, Nevada, California and Idaho. And, and like when you get in some real rough country, like when you're pushing cows off the mountain and, uh, like there, there's a lot of times it's just a single cow trail on the side of that mountain. So yeah, you don't want to be tied hard on that shit. Like you, you let those, you let your rope run. And if, if she stops, she stops. If not, well, you, you just kind of say goodbye to your rope <laughs> and, uh, but you don't let him, let him pull him down with you. And, uh, and it's just, like I said, it, it's, it's more about terrain and whatnot, but, um, I will say that the big thing about those, those long ropes is like, if, if you can get away with it and you, you know, uh, you don't have to go crashing through the brush or whatever. And, uh, and you don't absolutely need to be tied hard, man. It's so much easier on your horse and, and the cattle both. Cause when, when you can just slide some rope and let them choke out there at about 40, 50 feet. And then, you know, and then you can ride up, pitch your slack and, and trip them down. Uh, it just, it just so much takes so much, uh, stress off your, you know, so much work off your horse and, uh, and, oh, yeah. Hell yeah. but it takes, uh, like you gotta, you gotta practice with that shit and you gotta, you gotta burn your hands a whole bunch to, to be, to be where you can handle. And, and I don't have real big hands anyways. I'm kind of, I got the Donald Trump syndrome. I got, got the small hands Almost. and, uh, You're so right. I gotta, I gotta use big coils on, on, on those long ropes. Like I, I can't, I can't do small coils. I don't have big enough hands for that shit. Yeah, that's man. That's I mean, you're, I think you're spot on. I mean, that's totally accurate right there. Again, and you're right, man. I mean, you're out there right, roping with 30, 30 foot ropes. When that thing stops, you're only about thirty feet away from yeah. that one. It's, yeah, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's really cool though. Like, uh, like I said, once once you kind of figure out how to how to slide some rope and 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 you know not not pinch a finger off it, it's pretty damn cool to just slap a loop on and. You know, just, you, you know, you set your horse down and just, you know, just take like one wrap and just, just let it buzz through there and then just slow them, slow them down. I mean, that, that's the cool thing about the, that Charo thing. And I never really knew what it was meant for until, uh, and it was, it was through like Instagram and TikTok is, is, uh, guys talking about how, why they, why those Charo competitions exist now. And it, it's all, it was all to catch wild horses because you didn't want to break a leg, so you'd uh, you'd have your best roper out there. You'd uh, you'd you know you'd run him into a box canyon and get him kind of running across you, going to the to your left, and your roper, your best roper, would pitch out, you know, his loop in about four coils, catch that thing, and then just let it slide and slow that slow that sucker down, so so you could get you a new mount <laughs> and. Uh, yeah and that and and now you know of course mexicans being mexicans they're gonna make a competition out of it. i mean they're it just it's still that cowboy shit you know and but the mexicans <laughs> being mexicans they're also gonna make a hell of a party out of it so it's uh yeah. and uh and so like they're it's just it's cool hearing like the you know the traditions behind those things because um i don't know you, you've been around as much uh, as much as i have and uh 
Like a hand is a hand is a hand. It doesn't matter where they come from. Like y'all, you you know, like when when they blow to something, or if you're you're asking them to, like you're trying to t- trying to get one through the gate or something, and you when that guy just moves in the right to the right spot, or or just goes right to the hip and and slaps one on, you're just like, I all all the the other bullshit about style goes out the window. You're like, oh, or this this guy knows how to handle cattle. Like the, this guy, this guy can cowboy a little bit, and and then then it's on because then then we all know what the fuck we're doing. Well, and, and I tell you, you're a hundred percent right on that because I mean we had this, we've had these guys around here. They're more like uh, like I guess rodeo chattels, maybe you want to call them, but that's all they do. They don't work beef cattle. They don't do you know they don't they're not doing any of that. They're they're just basically just, just training for their little yes. Well, there's been some times where, you know, we've been short hands and we'll call them. You can't expect them to know how to move a herd too much. They do know a little bit because they are around it. But I guess what, what do people call it? Now, I've, I've been seeing this word on uh, on TikTok, stockmanship. They may not be up to par under stockmanship, but them son of a bitch just can throw her open. I've seen it, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like a hand is a hand when you need it for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of like uh, you get those those team roper types. Uh, like they may not, uh, know how to get that, that cow through the gate. Uh, but if you, you say, Hey, go rope that bitch and they're, <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll rope it. And what, what you like, it's kind of up to you after they get it caught, but, uh, oh. but, the, but they'll catch that shit, you know? And, uh, and, and like there, there's, there's always like what being able to rope really well is like that that that's a skill that is always gonna like you may not have to do much it's, it's like uh being a a really good bronc rider like you might not have to do anything else but if you can get the nastiest horse gentled down enough to where your other hands can can ride it that that's a skill and and that's something that that's gonna pay it same way as uh, just just the fact that you can you can rope anything anywhere like you may not be able to hold a roe deer you may not be able to sort but if like when when they say hey go rope that bitch and you can get it done um like that's 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 very valuable it's it, and it's funny i got this buddy of mine and i'm once again there's the same family i mentioned was talking about from Pearsall. he's got his daddy was well, his daddy was a fucking hand too, and uh, and his son was a damn good team roper. But he was, just, and he worked a few feedlots. His own thing is, he he was just kind of, he was not that good of a horseman, you know. And I remember his dad. Me and him were always competing because we worked together for a good five years. So mm. you know, he always understood that as well. He competed with me, I, with him. So you know, we'd go out there and broke cows and she'd get mad if I'd catch it or whatever. But anyways, his dad, you know, had a horse one time and he wouldn't, wouldn't let his son ride it. You know what I mean? But he, he brought it for me to ride it. So it's like, yeah, that like horsemanship and stuff like that. You know, not everybody's got it. Some people can rope, they, you know, but they don't, they can't ride horses or anything like that. I've seen team ropers when we go out there and yeah, they'll get a loop on it. But after, after that, they don't, they don't know how to, you know that 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 cow is not running the stripping shoot. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you don't just turn left and then uh, 
and then trot behind them going to the strip and shoot. You know, like no, the, you gotta you gotta go get your rope back. <laughs> like that 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 ain't your rope until you get until you take it back. It's uh, it's like uh, I like I'll see pictures of, of people with their horses. You know, they got their arm around their horse and no, no halter on it. And it's like, uh, can you catch your horse like this? And I'm, well, that horse ain't caught. Like you might think he's caught, but if if he decides, hey. I'm out of here. There ain't a goddamn thing you're going to do with your arm around his neck to, to stop him. If he, if they really don't want you on their neck, like you ain't going to be like, you're, you're not caught. They are not caught until you got a rope or until until you got a halter or a rope on them. And the same way, like, uh, that once you rope a cow, that rope is no longer yours until you go get it back. Like that's, uh, it, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that story because it's like, I mean, never mind the rope. That cow ain't that cow ain't off the property till it's loaded. And mm-hmm. that one particular that one particular day was we uh we were short some hands. Well, it's, you know that's the way all the stories start. We were short some hands. Oh yeah. The, <clears throat> my buddy calls a few team ropers. He owns an arena around here, and and then I'm like, golly, do we really got to bring these team ropers? He's like, Bernie. It's six Santa Gertrude's cows or heifers that were out there that we needed to get off the property. And uh, sure enough, I mean, them boys chased after them, and they did get they'd get them head they get them headed down, and then next thing you know, they you know fish was on and it put it on a fight. And here I come, and I and that's what my buddy told me he goes, don't let them all go chasing cows and rope. You just make sure they don't jump off the property, and just you know just stick behind you know and, and just. So they'd be struggling here. I'd come heal them down and whatever, and then tie them down for them or whatever I do. Uh, we ended up catching all of them. One of, one of them guys wanted to tie one down. <clears throat> by that time, oh, one of the team ropers roped one, tried to load it by himself on a little three-year-old filly. Damn near pulled him and his filly into the trailer from the side. Into the trailer <laughs> from the side. I mean, the thing that I I still had it a I still had a heel loop that was loose just in case she got away and I stopped her from going any further. But then I go get the I go get the catch uh, well we get the truck so we can pick up all the all the heifers. The next thing you know, I'm watching one and she's she's we're already drinking beer. I see her slowly getting up. I'm like, oh shit, man! I probably should put a put a rope on that one. It looks like she ain't gonna. You know, she's getting up, and by that time, when we're tra- I got the truck stuck right while I was trying to load her. Next thing you know, here's that little heifer, but coming up, run runs every single cowboy up on the up on the trailer. That's just <laughs> the way it is. Like it ain't, it ain't yours, so she's in the trailer, man. Yep, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and that's I mean that that's the the big thing from the the big difference from the arena to the outside and then and and that includes the the you know the feedlot too it's just like that 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 horse like if if uh if your horse blows in the morning you're either going to hit the ground or you're not but eight seconds makes no difference that that whistle somebody can can whistle at eight seconds, but that don't make a goddamn bit of difference because that that horse is either gonna throw you or you're gonna ride it out and uh and you know they they the eight the eight seconds thing just came 
you know, that, that came into play because uh, Cowboys being Cowboys, like the, the rodeo would never end if we were able to set all of our own rules and it was just like be the best cowboy. Like that, that's a never ending competition. And, uh, <clears throat> but the same way in there, you know, when you're on the roping side, like, yeah, if, if, if you rope something in the arena, well, you just, you know, you, you get your job done and then you chase her back to the strip and shoot and some, somebody on the, on the ground is going to get your rope back for you. But if you rope something outside, well, how, and especially if you're tied on, well, if, if you're tied on and that rope doesn't break, well, that, that is, that is no longer your rope. Like you got to go get that back. You got to go reclaim your rope and, and you got to know what to do with your slack and everything. Uh, once you get it caught anybody can catch a cow at some point with a loop like uh even even the even the worst roper had that has ever lived can still get a loop on something is what you do afterwards <laughs> is what makes you a cowboy oh yeah hell yeah it that. that's funny you said because i've caught some things that i wish that i wouldn't have you know what i yeah. mean <laughs> you know i <laughs> yes sir <laughs> been lucky enough to uh, you know I didn't get jacked up but I mean I, my friends will tell you you know they've they seen me shake a time or two and I'm I'm a big guy and, but you know you get some animals out there you know that are rank man mm-hmm. you get some that are and I mean it's just like and, and now you're at the mercy of now you're at the mercy of the horse and hoping that that horse you know keeps it together you know what I mean too somebody puts a heel loop on it or something or another head loop. And like, like I tell you, then you're running a 30 foot rope. You know what I mean? Fuck. Yeah. Hey, it's, you, you really- it's hard. To, uh, it's hard to, uh, tie one down. Uh, I mean, like you, you can always, you can always bust one, but like to, you know, to do like the proper trip where you, you know, you pitch your slack and, and ride around them and, 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 you know, and, and tie up the, you know, catch their back legs and and trip them down like that that's pretty tough to do on a 30-foot rope oh yeah and yeah i mean there was yeah i mean i think i would tell you the two probably scariest times that i that that i've ever had the most intense ones were were brahmas they were brahmas you know one was a bull was a cow they were both big both had horns you know horn cattle not my favorite you know what i mean oh yeah yeah, I mean, I, if they ain't got horns, I ain't afraid of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. They can they can stomp you, but um, yeah, those those horns those horns will fuck you up. Yeah, they will. <laughs> and that's where that's where you got to be a cowboy. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that that that's also where I like that sixty foot rope because, like I said, I can. I can take one wrap and let it slide and, you know, pinch it off about 40 foot and, uh, and just let them choke out there. And then I, I can make the big circle around them and, and, and lay them down. And, uh, and that's, and it don't always work great. Like there's sometimes where you, th- it should work just like that. And you just don't, you know, for whatever reason, like you, you go to ride around them and they'll like step over the rope or something and you don't, you don't, you know, get those back legs wrapped up or whatever. You know, there, there's always, 
it's uh was it was mike tyson's like everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the nose and that's that's kind of how it is like when you you got a plan until that rope comes tight and then then shit goes sideways if, if you if you get lucky maybe you'll get tangled up while you're hauling ass away from yeah it. no shit <laughs> I, I i i tell you that uh there's one time i uh I was I was just putting cattle like we it was kind of af, you know lazy afternoon type deal and uh we we had doctored and we and we had doctored quite a few cattle that day and then we were and we so we, the way we do it a lot of feedlots will you put them in a in a hospital pen and you'll take them home a couple of days later but we we treat them and, and go straight back to their home pen and and we we doctored quite a few and and it was it was a pretty good day and that those those are always that's my favorite part of the day is putting cattle back because it's like I, I like to ride my my young horses in because you get to, uh, you get to do some sorting on it and and it really teaches you to respect the cattle because your horse doesn't know a goddamn thing so you got to give him a lot of cushion to uh, to get it done because like if if you're sorting on your good horse you know how it is like all it takes is one, one little step or even, even a head fake to, to turn something back and then, or, or to, to move to the side, but you're on, you're on a colt, you know, uh, you need about two extra seconds to, to make that movement because you're, you're, you're riding a snaffle bit or, or, or Bozell or whatever. And also you're probably hammering them in the shoulder to try to get them to step over. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I forget where I was going with this story, but um, come respect the cat. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, but then there's some there there's some cattle, and especially when they get hot, you know how this goes when they when they get hot, they they ball up and they don't move, or they're going somewhere and they don't they don't care about the horse that's standing in front of them. They're they're just going to go. And I, yeah. I've, I've seen some guys like some pretty green guys that have a, have a, you know, pretty nice horse, uh, just get, you know, you, you can look at him. They got that deer in the headlights. Look when, when one of those, you know, some, some old Bramer type cow or, or steer that just is hot and on the fight. And, uh, it's like, fuck you. They're, they're not even trying to take you down. They're just like, no, I'm going there. I don't care that you're in my way. I'm coming over the top of you. And, uh, and, you, and when that happens, you just see eyes go big and you're just like, ah, and, but it like, it's, uh, and on a green horse like that, that can go many different ways. And most of them aren't good. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, they're not good. Yeah. Like every now and then you'll, you'll actually get one that's like, you know that 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 has has just like that that natural instinct and they'll they'll be able to to step where they need to but like you said nine out of ten times that 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 horse is going to get broadsided by by a by a little sickly angry steer and and a lot of those horses don't really recover from that either you know they uh, every time you try to sort something there and then they're backpedaling from you like the, it's uh yep I've been, yeah. yeah so and but i've always liked that part of uh the feedlot is uh and, and a lot of guys will bitch about it because they you know because it's it's afternoon and it's hot but i'm just like this this is basically 
team sorting that we're doing here uh, in the afternoon, and we're getting paid, and you don't even have to be good at it. Like you don't have to win to get paid. Like we're 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 basically going to a team sorting where we're still drawing drawing a check every time, regardless of how you do. Not only that, like for a working cowboy, I mean, I can tell you that that a good sorting horse is, is all a good portion of the pen is good. You know, one that good with gates, one that can mm. cut. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know that I'm sure there's a lot of gates for your ass. Oh yeah, that that's that's ninety five percent of uh, what a feedlot cowboy does is just work a gate. That then your your horses get really good with lateral movement. Uh, if you're if they're in the feedlot for very long, they uh, they'll know how to move their feet because they they don't got any other choice. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's uh, you know, you can you can sour a horse uh, pretty easy uh, in a feedlot, but you can also like you can cram a ton of knowledge in a horse in a real short amount of time, uh, just just taking them through feedlot pins and and just doing your normal normal feedlot stuff. And if you got a horse that's got any sort of cow sense to him, that that shit bumps up about ten levels just just because I mean it just it's just all repetition. Um. God dang. I still, I had a, I had some point that I was going with that, but I, it, it's, it's, I, I can't remember it now. So, uh, it wasn't that important anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, but, um, now, nah, man, it's, uh, I, I like talking to, to different people to just, uh, to see how they do things. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty you, cool. Yeah. You, you can always learn something new. Like there, there's, I don't know. The, I, I've learned. I've learned more from doing this podcast than uh, than just about anything. You know, outside of just like working with with really good hands, like uh, just just talking to to different guys. And and the cool thing is, it doesn't matter like what part of the country you're from, what 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 kind of cattle you're used to running. At the end of the day, there's still horses and there's still cows and uh and it's still the same type of people that take care of them and uh and so regardless of what your style is like you can always be like hey how do you how do you do this and that guy's gonna like if that guy doesn't know what you're talking about he's either not a cowboy or it's just because it's a completely different part of the world but generally like you like that you there you don't have to clarify on a question you can ask a guy like hey what what's what's this you know like what what rope you packing or are you are you dallying you tying hard are you on slick horn whatever and uh like are you loading in trailer or are you crossing you crossing creeks what you know and uh and and there's just like you you automatically know something about that guy without even having met him because he he rides horses and take care takes care of cattle Yeah, I was, um, I was, uh, that, that, like, the way they work, like I said, the way they work up north, it's so different. Like, for me, I would, I mean, I, I've, freaks me out. It's totally different than what I do. You know what I mean? I also heard that, that even, like, the elevations make everything different down there. You know what I mean? When you're higher up there, that the wind, you know, so it's a whole lot of different deals over there. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll, uh, 
you know, and, and they've, they've done a lot of research on it and they're, they're kind of, they, they've started breeding for, uh, for cattle that can, that, that, that do better at a higher elevation because, um, before we knew anything about it, uh, you'd, you'd take some cattle from wherever and you'd take them up to a mountain pasture for the summer. And all of a sudden you get the, it, it almost looks like a hardware, uh, type deal, but it's, it's not hardware. It's just a, it's, it's called, uh, ends up being congestive heart failure. Um, and it's just, just from the altitude and, uh, and, and there's not really like it's, and it's, it's all genetic. So like if, uh, if they, if they've got the bad gene for, for altitude sickness, well, you're just never going to be able to run those, those cattle in, in high altitude. Like you're just, they, they, they might still be really good cattle, but just not at that, that place. Like you just, it, it doesn't work. And, uh, and there's not like, you can treat it a little bit, but you, you can't keep running them at high altitude or they're just, they're, their heart's going to collapse on them. They're going to die. And, uh, so like you can take them down to a lower elevation and, uh, and, and probably sell them and, and somebody probably get along good with them. But, uh, that, that, that mountain pasture you got, it ain't going to work. Not with those. And, uh, and it, it's the same thing. Like you get a bunch of, a real hairy, uh, you know, like your traditional Angus type cattle, you know, just like real hairy, short, squatty. And you, you put them in South Texas and they're, they're not going to do worth a fuck. Oh yeah. We, we, we were a couple of Charlays and we work, you know, and we, they, they take it pretty rough compared to all, you know, compared to anything that's long here for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. And long hair too. That, like that, that stuff gets or like you take uh um out of like the uh like the Ozark area of Missouri uh where they get a lot of that fescue grass and and cattle do really good on fescue grass until you take them off of fescue grass and then uh it's something about the mineral content <clears throat> they don't lose their hair like the hair will die it doesn't continue to grow, but it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, slough off either. So like, like a black steer will turn like a, a real light colored Brown. If they got the, you know, coming off the fescue into the feedlot and then they're just hot all the time. And, uh, and then, you know, when, when they're, they're hot, they get stressed. And when they're stressed, that's, that's when your sickness happens. And, uh, and, and though there, there's nothing wrong with those cattle. It just, it, it all has to do with where the, the feed that they had. Oh shit. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. A lot of stuff, a lot of shit, you know, right there from working in the feed lot shit. Yeah. You, you yeah. learn it, learn it pretty quick. It's, uh, especially when you get in, uh, in those real big yards where, like I said, you just get so many freaking cattle. Um, we, we used to get, a we had an order buyer out of South Texas. He was, uh, he was more towards the coast though, I think than, than you are. Um, and, and we'd get a, just like straight up humpback bramers, you know, just, just silver humpback bramers. And, uh, <laughs> in the summer, you, like you could, uh, you could ride in that pin, check the water tank and ride out and, and be fine. Like you wouldn't have to, you didn't, you didn't even hardly have to, have to look at those cattle, but in the winter, 
son of a bitch they would fall apart and but they're they just they don't like cold they're they 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 originated in india and then they uh you know their ancestors are from india and they're and their immediate families from South Texas, they, they're, they're not used to that, that dry, uh, that dry hot or dry cold shit. It's just, they, that, that ain't their jam and they don't, they don't do well in it. Yeah. That's crazy stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, so what's the deal, Mr. Command? What's, um, you, uh, horses don't, what do you, I mean, you're pretty good, you know, well, I'm sure you're pretty good horseman, you train your own horses and all that. Yeah, I, uh, so my, my dad raised horses growing up. Um, I'm adopted. And so like, uh, my dad is my, like my adopted dad is who I call my dad. He, uh, I started, they, they took me in when I was 10 and, uh, and that's, that was my first experience with my, my second time on horse. We we did a twenty three mile ride through uh, through the canyons. That was my second time on on horse, and uh, I also caught the flu at the same time. So the next day, not only was I sore as hell, but I was running like a hundred and four degree fever. And boy, if if you would have caught me on the that day, I like I would have never. I I never wanted to 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 see a horse again, but also I didn't have much of a choice after that. You know, it was just like. That's what we did. So I, I grew up riding colts and stuff. And uh, like I said, I, I'm I'm a bronc stayer on her. Like I can usually stay on them long enough to get their head pulled around and get them circling. And uh, but I, I've never, uh, I've probably never made a pretty bronc ride in my life. Like I, I've stayed on a bunch of them. I don't get bucked off a whole lot, but that's because I, I I try to cheat them around so I can get I get their head pulled around. Yeah. And, um, but I, I'm more of a, uh, like out here, everybody likes those, those big, tall leggy horses. Cause they gotta, they gotta make the big circle and cover some ground. But I like the short squatty stocky, uh, cow horse types. And I, and, yeah, and I, uh, most of my cowboy career has been spent in a feedlot at this point. And, uh, and those are the best types you want for the feedlot. Cause that you're, that's what you're doing. You're, you're working a cow all day. I don't have to cover a whole lot of country, but I want them to be quick side to side and, and have a, have a good handle on them. So I, um, like I use a little more aggressive, uh, like I like a twisted wire snaffle, uh, to get them started. Uh, just, but I, but I like them soft in the face and, but I also, I use my feet a ton. Like I, you know, I, I try mm. not to be in their, in their face a whole lot, uh, because you're just, that's one thing in, about a feedlot is you're going to be in their face uh, just just because of the job. So I, I try to use my feet more than more than anything, just just because of the nature of the work you're going to be in their face, and uh, and you know you know how it is. The more you're in you're in a horse's face, the the worse the horse is. Yeah, yeah, you know they're just fighting and fight, but I mean sometimes they get smart enough to not fight it anymore, but. And they respond. They respond more than fight it. You know, once once you get them there. But but yeah, you're right. Using the feet is, is for sure. It's yeah. Funny you say shit like that, and people don't. Uh, you know, it's funny we're having the we're having this conversation, and, and it's like you see a lot of people these days in, in the horse business, and they'll say shit like, 
has done ranch work or da da da. But there's little details in our com or at least in your conversation that I can see that you you know it's not just you know you know not just some Facebook posts. You know what I mean or some bullshit. You know what I mean? Oh no, yeah, you're right. Can- I, and that that's one thing I I I think what what's it has enabled me to to get guys like you on the show because like I I may not be the best hand I know I'm not the best hand but I I've done done the work and and, and so like I like they're like what 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 I'm asking about like I'm not I'm not trying to be your uh, you know like your your Instagram cowboy like I had plenty of chances to do that before they they started I started this podcast I started the podcast because I thought guys like me and you don't have don't have anything to listen to talking about this type of shit. Like you can read some books and, and, and you can, you can talk to your buddies, but like when you're out there working or you're, you're driving to a job and you, you want to listen to something like, I want to listen to some cowboy shit every now and then. And, um, because that's what I do for a living and and it's in a feedlot, but like I, I, I've also been outside and, and I know how, how this shit works. And, uh, but I, I like I like to talk to guys like you that I mean, like we have a completely different style of cowboy. But like I said, at the end of the day, we still know what the fuck w- w- the other guy's talking about because it it's the same job at the end of the day. And uh, and it's uh, no, I I just I like I like hearing how how different uh, how diff- people from different parts of the country handle this the these things because. Uh, like if you want to talk about like real diversity, t- look at the cowboy community. Like there, there's just like so many different flavors of cowboy and, uh, just depending on what, what part of the country you're from. And, uh, and, and there, there's, there's always something you can learn, uh, yeah. from, from, from talking to people, even if, even if it's the wrong thing, like you can, if you, even if you learn what not to do, you can still learn from, from talking to another, another hand. Yeah, and it's funny you said because I'll tell you one thing. You know, I mean, I I didn't just start yesterday, but I can tell you that if I ever, you know, whenever we're working them calm charlets, we work a set of charlets as well with this one other guy. It's usually twice a year, and uh, I mean they're calm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If if I had to, you know. I guess, you know, instead of breaking one out of the herd, you know, if I can throw a rope inside, that's something like we don't really do down here that much. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, how people can be standing right by the herd on the pasture, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, down here, it's like, God damn, we get a fucking idiot, you know what I mean? That bitch going to see you from a while, from a long ways, but, but I mean, if I ever had the opportunity to incorporate that, or, you know, what I've seen from other people, you know, of course I'm going to use that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, and it's funny is like, I, I kind of learned those, the, these buckaroo loops just because it, it suits me a little bit better in the feedlot because I don't have enough room to line one out and run it down and rope it. Like there's, yeah. by the time you're almost ready to throw, you got a fence coming up or you got the bunk coming up. And so it just, <clears throat> before I started learning like the, the turnovers and the backhand loops, uh, even, even before I, like I'd, I'd <coughs> tried any of the buckaroo shit, I, I'd do like a little underhand loop 
um, yep. run, running from, from left to right, <clears throat> or, or I throw a Johnny blocker loop to, to catch heels same way running from left to right. But I, I would just push my calves up into the, to the corner of that pin. And then, then I'm, I'm not chasing them down. I'm not stressing them any more than I have to. And then I've got a better shot at them. And, uh, <laughs> whereas we, you know, your typical deal is just like, well, just go rope that thing. And if you got, you know, a half section or whatever that you're working with, that's a, that's perfect because you can get up there in, in plenty of time, line them out, rope them and, and get it done. But it just, you don't like you gotta be pretty sneaky in the feedlot to be able to, to, you know, to just jump up on one and, and, uh, just blow to them and, and, and rope them. Like you gotta be pretty, pretty sneaky just to get to the point where you're gonna, you're gonna blow to them. So, it just worked way better for me to push him into a corner and that way I'm not chasing him down. And then, and Hey, if I miss just uh, if I can, if I can kind of hold road deer by myself, I still got another shot and I don't have to chase him down. So that's, that's where I started learning the, the buckaroo uh, type loops and, and they're, but they're also, they're not real suited for, for like wheat pasture doctrine. Like, no, you know, you gotta, you gotta chase that sucker down and rope him. Uh, and, and he's not going to give you six shots while you're standing there. <laughs> like, like if, like he would, if he's, if he's got a steel pipe fence, uh, in a corner, you know, uh, if, uh, I'll oh, go ahead. I'm it's funny because, like I said, t- you know, controversial TikTok, but you're, you're you're hitting it like right on point, like <laughs> like you know where they work, how they work, where they don't work, and I mean, it, you know, be honest with you, I've never really given it any thought, you know, but you know, I've, I've been I've been stuck with what I've known, mm-hmm. but I mean, you definitely, you definitely, you're definitely breaking it down, like. You know how, when, and where, and and how it's effective. I mean, it's pretty damn badass. I, and I think you, you know, maybe you should go on TikTok and sell all this beef. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, I need to. Uh, I've been, I've been looking at TikTok here more lately. I've been dragging my feet because uh, I have one, and and like I, my stuff does pretty well. But I, uh, when when it comes to social media, like I. I like I'm more of a, just a meme guy and memes don't really translate to, to TikTok very well. Cause you got to have a video mm-hmm. and so you can do like the slideshows or whatever. But, um, I think I, I'm going to just have to start carrying my, uh, my, my GoPro more. And, uh, and then I need to just like start putting up clips from the, from, uh, these podcasts on, on, on TikTok more because they do yeah. pretty well. And, and, uh, as far as like being able to just actually share stuff, TikTok's probably the best platform for that. Every other platform is so like they they censor the shit. Like TikTok, as far as I know, like they don't shadow ban you. Like they'll they'll pull stuff that 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 they don't like pretty often. Uh, but as far as I know, they don't like they don't shadow ban you. Like now I've got twenty thousand followers on Facebook. And I posted a video or a, or a post earlier today. And I'd be surprised if uh, 300 people saw it. Uh, yeah, they two, do shit. And you- 242 people. And I posted this 10 hours ago. And I got 21,000 people that follow me. 
Like it's it's fucking yeah. retarded. Like they they don't like they don't share they don't show any of my stuff uh, on on Facebook. And, and as far as far, far from what I've seen, like TikTok's pretty pretty bad about pulling stuff that they don't like. They'll or they they just you know they'll pull it down. But I, I don't know about the shadow ban thing. I just haven't I haven't I haven't uh, looked into it as enough. But and it's funny because yeah, TikTok does pick up followers and. And, and likes a lot more than Facebook, so you're probably right about that one. Yeah, yeah but I think I think it's. I mean, I think I think I was. I, mean, I think you you had a hell of a had had a damn good conversation considering that uh that uh that I'm sorry, I got a neighbor pulling up. No, you're good. Probably going. Yeah, um, I think it's, I mean the way you break it down the. Uh, you know the needs for certain things and all that and that's something that right now for sure that on Facebook is being like I mean on that TikTok it's like everybody's talking about all oh, buckaroos versus punchers and this and that you know but you gotta know everything's got its time and place and stuff you know yeah that's for sure like everybody yeah. likes the rivalry like every like uh, and I'm kind of I'm kind of torn in between the two worlds anymore. Cause I, like I grew up puncher style and now I live out here in Buckaroo country and I, and I'm, I'm just really a, a hybrid of the two. And, uh, but I, I love the rivalry. Like I'll always, my, my first instinct is to talk shit on the Buckaroos just, just because even though I'm carrying a 60 foot rope and, and, and I've got a mule hide, uh, on my horn, like I, I'm still like, if I'm going to talk shit on anybody, it's going to be on the Buckaroos first, just because, I grew up in Southeast Colorado, just, you know, in, in cow puncher country. So that those are my people. That's so I'm going to, I'm going to stick with them, but I'm, I'm still going to rope with a long rope and a slick horn. Cause I kind of like it. And, um, and I'm, you know, I, I've got some silver in my collection now too, but I'm also very careful with it. <laughs> like I don't, it's not my, my everyday, uh, you know, using bit, um, it's uh but uh but also at the end of the day like like we were talking earlier and we probably like it's probably getting yeah, it's late year time so we'll we'll kind of I think we'll wrap up on this but like a hand recognizes a hand like you 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 know just the you know the way when when they they get in the saddle and like when when it comes to go to work you can see how how they they carry them, themselves and you're like all right I don't have to worry about that guy. Like I don't have to bark orders at that guy. I can tell that guy knows where to be. And that's more than anything. Like I, I just, I hate having to continually direct people, uh, as to what to do. Like I'll explain it to you and I'll explain it to you. And then after about the third time of explaining it to you, like you're obviously not going to learn it. So I'm just, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and consider you no help. <laughs> and, and uh yeah, and uh so like I, I just i don't i don't care what what they're what they're packing uh as far as rope goes i don't i don't care if they're wearing chinks or armitas or, or bat wings or bells or, or shotguns I, if uh if they know where to be at the right time and and when push comes to shove if i need somebody to to come in and, and pick up two and they can do that then like we'll we, we get along just fine yeah, yeah, that's I, I can definitely drink to that. Yes, sir. Well, yeah. Bernie, I 
I really enjoyed uh, talking to you both times. Like I, I, I think you're you're a pretty interesting fella, and you got you got some. I I, I just I like talking to you. So anyway, I I appreciate your time, man. It's been a fun time again, and yeah, you're welcome back anytime. Like I I I, I consider you amigo now. So we'll. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, we'll have to see one of these days, man. Maybe uh, we'll. We in podcast, we, you know, we supposed to go work some cattle. I think sometime this week, it's getting pretty rough over here. There ain't been no rain, and like you know, I said, oh, we, yeah, uh, heard of that. About, it was about a hundred degrees yesterday, so that just makes things dry. And then, and, and it's funny we're talking about it. We're fixing, yeah, go pull some calves off some Charlotte cows. So maybe one of these we'll have to get what get a podcast going or something. We, you know. Straight from, straight from the cattle pens. Hell yeah, I'm yep. I'm I'm down with that. We'll uh, we'll stay in touch and uh, yeah, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, yeah, you're welcome back anytime. Thanks uh, everybody for tuning in and uh, move your ass. We're burning daylight. Gonna make my living with my horse and my time. You keep the glory. Pleasure's all mine I ain't a puncher I ain't a buckaroo I don't need a label Just a job will do Day working cowboy Ain't a dying breed Tied to his freedom Like a brute on a tumbleweed Gonna make his living With his horse and his time Time of year, just give a call. Show up before the sun and stay until it's gone away. And if you're in a jam, I hope you look my way. Day working cowboy ain't a dying breed. Tied to his freedom like a brute on a tumbleweed. Saddles up, rides for the brand. Day working cowboy ain't a dying.